multiple people in my family, including my father, are veterans. Troops that have been to war and now they're back. And Think and be grateful for their service. Sacrifice, love for their country, just unselfishness. All that they do for us. There are some people in this country who take extraordinary steps to provide for their freedom and security. We forget that those people exist. We know them as the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and Coast Guard. They call themselves soldiers, SEALs, Rangers, Airmen, Sailors, Devil Dogs, and so much more. We call them fathers, brothers, sons and husbands, mothers, daughters, sisters, and wives. We call them friend and neighbor. These veterans answered the call. Now, we answer theirs. They are the best our country has to offer and we love them. Today, we honor them, and we serve them. David Malsby is your host, and he welcomes you to this community of veterans, as together we are building The Road to Hope. And this is The Road to Hope. Glad to have you along on a Sunday. Those of you listening live on the KPRC 9 on the AM dog. Glad to have you along with us. Those of you listening through the magic of podcast. Brilliant. Did you, and Al Gore created the internet. Did you create podcasts, Ramon? No, sir. I just no. perfected it. You perfected it? Yes, sir. Okay. So Ramon's perfected it. Wherever you listen to podcasts, just look for <laughs> Road to Hope Radio. And we are uh, grateful to have you join us. If you are listening to the podcast, we really appreciate, uh, like, making a comment, rating us, you know, five out of five. We really appreciate Ramon will send you a box of cigars or something is what I'm told. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> the candy cigars, or are they, are they real? <laughs> yeah, real? For everybody that does the five for five, Ramon's sending out. Anyway, probably not. Don't don't look at yeah. your mail. Because I don't think we get your address. Mm-hmm. You, we just say thank you. Yep. We, we like to say thank you. It does help, ironically, with the rating, with the uh, where it populates in your podcast if you like it. Brains that are the computers will say, oh, well, if John likes it, we'll put it up top on his list. It's Please, please, please. Yep. And after you do that, share it with all your friends, your enemies, your uh, ex-wives, outlaws, ex-wives. <laughs> There's always some of that. So uh, wherever and whomever, we greatly appreciate you sharing uh, the road to hope. Big thank you. Big, big thank you to our sponsors who allow us this opportunity. Spend a little time with you. Jimmy Chongas, Fresh Mex fun uh, all across the Houston area wherever you are you're going to find Jimmy Chongas they're a parent company gringos either way just go in uh, enjoy some great queso maybe the Plato Soldado and uh, we would greatly appreciate it they would greatly appreciate it support those who support the show Jimmy Chongas a Corey Diamond and Design two of the greatest people you would ever hope to meet Billy and Connie Stagner any of your uh, jewelry needs, you want something special for your someone special, 281-482-4755. You can be anywhere in the world. They have this thing called Zoom now and mm-hmm. uh, Facebook, whatever the thing is on Facebook. Uh, you can communicate through video. They can show you all kinds of Did they of have that technology before COVID? Because um, once COVID took off, that was it. Yeah, it took over. Yeah. You know, we had it, but now we have to use it. <laughs> but so you're accustomed to it. So uh, give them a call. They'll be glad to work with you no matter where you're at. And you can work with just two awesome, awesome people. 
47 55 If you're in the Houston area, it is worth the drive mm-hmm. down to Friendswood, a Corey Diamond and Design. And because some of us make spills, I did, this this we're in a different studio day. Yeah. This one actually looks clean. It's, it's not ever the Mallsby trademark it's is not never on used, the... so it's clean in yeah. there. <laughs> but when you do have the oops, oopssteam.com, they will clean it all up. One thing we we forget to mention is Corey Diamonds is literally in between two Gringos and Jimmy Chongas. Just FYI. Just so there. what you could do is go have lunch at Gringos. Mm-hmm. Go to Okori. Yeah. Spend some time. Get the right, the right, whatever it is you're looking mm-hmm. for. Right price. Right yep. everything. And then head on back. Because you're just in a good mood, you're going to want to go to Jimmy Chonga's on the way back. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes, it's like the, the trifecta. Yeah. It's perfect. Just here to help. It's very good. I like it. Oopsteam.com, 281-822-0561. All right. We've got a full studio in here with us today. Uh, we'll kind of just go around the room. What's, uh, it's been a little while since you've been with us, Mr. Kendall. Uh, I've been busy. been back and forth. Oh, don't give me this busy. Uh, I've heard that. Well, it's truth. I work a lot. <laughs> we okay. We may have to get into defining the word work. I babysit my boss. <laughs> okay, so that is work. I do know your boss. Uh, Army. Uh, Army. Uh, Iraq. Two thousand six, two thousand seven, and then again in nine and ten. You liked it so much, you went back. <laughs> Great barbecue. What can I say? Oh, okay. <laughs> Had the heat going on anyway, right? Uh, Brandon is back with us as well. Brandon, you want to tell the world who and where you are, why you are, who, what, what are you? Yeah, I'd love to. What's up, everyone? Uh, Brandon Hartsburg. I am retarded army. Retarded army is that what I said? Retired I so. army. Well, it's the wow. it's a synonym. Synonym, if My I can mouth speak. Won't work today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. United States Army tanker, first cav. Mm-hmm. Um, four tours in Iraq. I work at Camp Hope now as a mentor, and I'm happy to be here. Four tours to Iraq. Okay. One, two, three, four. Uh, so, <laughs> four tours to Iraq versus how long have you been at Camp Hope? <laughs> I just well, want to, you know, I want to put them on the scales here. See, you, you know, see. let's see. A little over two trauma years. from two Iraq, now. trauma from working at Camp Hope. Uh, let's see, nine months as a resident <laughs> and a year and some change as a staff. So, very yeah, cool. a little over two years. Yeah, very nice. And uh, one of our guys in our program right now, uh, Richard, you want to introduce yourself? Yes, thank you. Uh, I'm Richard Coker. I went to Westville High School, graduated 2002, uh, joined the Army. I was deployed in 2003 and all of 2004. I was with the 1st Infantry Division. And unlike my comrade, I did not like the barbecue. So, <laughs> Oh, we, we could have a little throwdown here before this thing's over. Uh, Brandon, what years were you there? I was there 2004, it went into 2005, and then we had a little break, come home for a year. I went back end of 06, all of 2007, came back the end of 08. So it makes it long, uh, two 15 months. And then I was there in 2010, correction, no, 2009, all that year, came home for a year, was there again in 2011 for a whole year. So what was your last deployment again? 2009, 2010. So we've got from four to 10 completely covered. How about that? We could talk about the entire Iraq war. I like to talk about that because I watched the progression of the change and like TTPs and how things change. It was cool. Yeah, it was ROEs and everything. The dynamic just completely changed. 
Okay. Well, there are things I like to talk about that are, you know, change. <laughs> I'm not real sure the Iraq war is one of them. I'd like to talk more about the barbecue. Am I the being barbecue. Selfish? So, yes. But you're the only guy I know that can, you know, cook a brisket and sell it for $500 or whatever it was. What was it? How much was it? It was $500 a brisket. There was a lot of bourbon involved when people agreed. Okay. Yes, yeah, it was 500 bucks for a, for a what? For a brisket. A mm-hmm. brisket. Mm-hmm. A brisket. Well, you, you stayed up all night long. So. I did. Yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, anyway, we're going to get into a little bit of uh, Richard's story, why he joined us at Camp Hope. And we'll get back with that with just after a quick break. Road to Hope Radio. That was my fault. <laughs> I can't talk. Yeah. Welcome back to The Road to Hope. We are glad to have you along with us on whatever this is. This Is Is this your favorite Metallica song, Mr. Malsby, or would is you... Is that what that are is? Are you more of a master of puppets kind of guy? <laughs> is that a band? I've, that, heard, I've at least heard of Metallica. Oh. That's a song by Metallica. Oh, okay. Yes, I've at least heard of Metallica. Master of Puppets came out early 80s. Then there's this yeah. show out right now uh, that kids are watching that features music of Metallica. So all of a sudden... Metallica's back on the ray, back on the charts. New bunch of new fans. Yeah, because of this show that appealed to kids, and gotcha. so all this music's coming back, and us old guys kind of appreciate it because <laughs> we're telling our kids, "Hey, turn that music oh, up." Oh, you youngins, yeah, <laughs> you youngins out there. I yeah. was there when this originally came <laughs> yeah, that's out. That's right. <laughs> this retread cassette yeah. tapes. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Good times. Oh, uh, let's see. Let's dip into the into the mailbag real quick because we haven't done that in a little while. Uh, this came from one of our our donors, Camp Hope. We talk about that a lot. You you worked there, Brandon, uh, and came through the program. Richard's in the program. You came through the program, worked yeah. for us for a while. Now you're in the the uh, first responder world. Yeah, first responder world. It's <laughs> never a dull moment. No, never. no, neither is it at Camp Hope. We've got eighty something guys living there right now, which if that may not sound like much if you know, you're just driving around 610 and you just oh, 80 people. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> uh, we could tell some stories. But anyway, it, it takes an awful lot to, uh, to run that place uh, from uh, the staff and the programming, the mission of what we do, because that's all day, every day. And sometimes... The, knocking on the mentor's door in the middle of the night. Hey, I'm about to flip out. Can somebody talk to me? Um, but from that to the uh, you know, 80-something people living there, it's a lot of toilet paper. Uh, the light bill, we get we get a thing from the electric company every month. It is not a thank you note. It is not. Thank you for taking care of it. It's, no, it's something completely different. Uh the staff wonders why I walk around and turn off lights to empty rooms. They think I'm nuts. Like, you haven't seen the light bill. <laughs> you don't have to pay it, so just turn the light out. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it takes an awful lot to run to run that place. And this is from one of our donors. We get about $2.5 million, roughly, in the course of a year of what we call in-kind donations. That's everything from copy paper, on which I printed out this little letter, yeah. um, to light bulbs, to food, 
we spend, think about this. Ramon, I'm not going to ask you how much. Okay. I'd, I'd just say this. I know families of four that spend over what we spend a week for food for them. So if you take a family four, if they eat out once or twice a week, mm-hmm. which they're probably eating out more than that because they're going through the drive through maybe yeah. one night, Friday night or Saturday night or whatever it is, uh, they're hitting a restaurant because mom's tired and, hey, you know, understood. That and groceries, the price of eggs, I don't know if you all have noticed. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'll leave the politics out of this. But I'll just say the price is rising for food. We spend about 750 bucks a week on food, and we're feeding 80-something guys. Wow. Think about that for a minute. That's that's remarkable. Yeah. That is absolutely remarkable. Uh, so that means a lot of people are donating some food items. And so this is one of those folks who donates items to us, and I don't, it's not particularly that, but uh, they, do, um, they donate in-kind items. And here's what she, I, I, in our thank you letter I had asked that's going out right now, Tell us how you first heard about Camp Hope. Why do you care? Why do you give? And so uh, this lady responded. Um, And here's what she said. Uh, Let's see here if I can find it. Uh, When I was in high school, there it is. When I was in high school, the Vietnam War was still going on. So let's just say this lady's not as young as you guys are. (laughs) Probably living on a fixed income. Just think about that for a minute. Probably living on Social Security and maybe some kind of something, but a very fixed income. When I was in high school, Vietnam War was still going. So many boys talked about their draft numbers. None of us really knew what it was like over there. A boy who I liked at church wrote me that he was smoking pot. My mother was furious and wouldn't let me write him again. (laughs) I feel bad about that, she wrote, to this day. His parents moved him out of state when he got back because people were so hateful to nom vets. My neighbor and a friend was shot in the head. He came back but was not himself. He did remember me that day. I never saw him again because I moved away. Bucky was a nice boy. He disappeared. Is he homeless? Is he dead? No one knows. I couldn't help Bucky, but I can help these guys. I didn't realize how much I was traumatized by Vietnam until I came to Camp Hope and cried in the office. No doubt people thought I was weird, but they didn't know how all this came rushing back to me. I'm glad that people and organizations have more money than we do because I know it costs a lot to do what you do. Every donor is a blessing. Thank God for all that you do that from a sweet lady by the name of Molly Gilmore. Those are, uh, that's pretty heartwarming stuff right there. Uh, The overwhelming impact of just being on the campus and seeing what goes on there and thinking back to those days when she was in high school and Vietnam was going on and the things that she dealt with, with the people she knew and didn't have the opportunity to help them, but this is her opportunity now. All these years later, yeah, it's uh, with her. yeah, and she's been she and she's carried that. So we talk about what it does to our Vietnam vets and what they carry, and you know, the guilt and the, and all all that, plus the 
the trauma of war, but then the trauma of coming home and being spit on and disrespected and disregarded. And uh, we had a Vietnam vet. We just had our 10th anniversary. You were at that celebration. One of our Vietnam vets, he was just, it was like, you know, well, the sun comes up in the morning. It was like one of those conversations. But he was saying when he went to the VA, they just wanted the Vietnam vets to die. And he, he wasn't like it was a heavy statement, though. I mean, like that when I heard that, it that train wrecked me. But it was just, yeah, you know, bread's really good when it comes right out of the oven. Put butter on it. It was just kind of one of those deals. Yeah, they they just soon as die. They want to get rid of us. Coming back with that and dealing with that for all those decades, we talk about that, but what about the civilians who all these years later carry the weight of what happened? And uh, at least one's finding a, a way out of some of that by donating items to Camp Hope. We have uh, uh, our website, ptsdusa.org, Facebook, PTSD USA. The radio show is Road to Hope Radio on Facebook. But we keep a, a, a urgent needed list of items. People use Amazon a lot, Amazon Prime, uh, and order things and have them just shipped straight to us. Super simple, super way to simple way to support what goes on in our program. Take care of the guys that are with us. And uh, I don't know, Brandon. Well, you were there as a resident, as a, in the program. How long was that? Nine months, both times. Yeah. Uh, did you go hungry? No, I actually <laughs> like gained weight. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's what we want to have. I mean, not that we want everybody to sit around eating cupcakes all day, but we want it to be a good experience. We want it to be comfortable. Anyone and everyone can be part of that, including someone like Molly, who doesn't have the ability to go out and, write a check but she can bring some items by and see some smiles brought across the faces of some of the guys on our campus it's a great opportunity it's a great experience ptsdusa.org for all of that information a great and easy way for you to support what's going on we'll be right back with more of road to hope in just a moment down a little bit a little bit you were kind of starting to sweat Get a little bit with that last song oh is that what it was yeah was made i you, sweating i didn't know made you a little nervous <laughs> yeah. right 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 yeah don't think so but anyway we're glad to have you back to road up okay richard you westfield high school you said you graduated in 02 yes sir so you went right into the army i went right into the army why well it was not that long after 9-11, when I graduated, in fact, 9-11 happened in my senior year. Um, joining the military in general was something I had always wanted to do. So after 9-11, for some reason, I had made up my mind I was going to go in the Army. Why the Army versus anything else? Well, it's mainly because my grandfather on my father's side had been in the Army, so I was sort of following 
his footsteps. Okay. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So you joined the Army uh, in 2002. Mm-hmm. And you deployed in four. Yes, sir. Okay. So four is very early on, obviously, what was going on in Iraq. You were there in four, right? Yes, I like to call it the rock and roll days. It was wide open. It was fun then. They had all these restrictions. We went back to Iraq later, and they wouldn't let us shoot, and like we're getting blown up, all these weird things. So 04 was called the Wild Wild West when yes, I first went. it was the Wild Wild West, that's for sure. Okay, so 04 was your first deployment, and you went back... Uh, that was my only deployment. Your only deployment. Yeah, we okay. just stayed uh we stayed about eleven months. Okay. All right. That's eleven months more than I care to spend in Iraq, just just saying. Uh and your your job was what again? Uh, I was sixty three hotel, that's a mechanic. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Iraq, come home. What happened after you came home? Well, I came home and First thing I found was I had tried to do mechanics in the civilian world, but I realized my mechanical knowledge was very limited due to the fact that, you know, being deployed, you don't really always get to do your MOS like you'd like. Uh, you pretty much do whatever they need you to do out there. And I kind of, you know, drifted a little bit and um, decided when they had started that post-9-11 GI Bill, I was like, well, I'll go to college. So I went to Southwestern Baptist, was a humanities major. I didn't graduate. Uh, it was like 30 hours short. But I, while I was there, I had learned how to do refrigeration and AC. So I moved back to Houston from Fort Worth, where Southwestern is located, and started doing, you know, refrigeration and air conditioning work. And unfortunately, around 2016-ish, I became a full-blown alcoholic. And for many years, that alcohol dominated my life. So, I mean, nothing I'm proud of, but that's what happened. So, I, Did it stop with alcohol for you? Uh, for Yes, for the most part. I can't say uh, that I did any hard drugs. Uh, I certainly took pills I shouldn't have been taking here and there. Mm-hmm. But it, all that started with alcohol. Okay. Pretty typical for around our place, that that story right there. Uh, Sometimes it's a little sooner than that. Sometimes it's it's a little longer than that. Uh, I think that's one of the misconceptions people have about PTSD. But sometimes it can take decades. I remember talking to a Korean War vet. Not a Korean. Yes, he was a Korean War vet. Uh, He had come to my office, you know, learning about our organization. And uh, it was several decades before he began to feel the implications of post-traumatic stress from his time in Korea. So that's not out of the realm of possibility. So 2016, 
alcohol takes over. Right. Uh, it's 2022 before you get to Camp Hope. Mm-hmm. What happened in those six years? Well, in those six years, I had developed a very good reputation in the field that I work in, which allowed me privilege to do whatever I wanted to at work, to come in hungover, to just get away with it. I had no consequences. So alcohol got worse and worse, got my first DWI. I got that dismissed. We'll uh, just call it technicality, but I got lucky. Um, Time went on. I had sobered up for a little bit, then I relapsed and got a second DWI in 2022. This one was no getting out of. And I got my license suspended for a year, which sunk me into a depression. And I just uh, drank and drank, 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 drank till I wound up one day opening my eyes in the hospital, um, getting treatment because I almost died. So while in the hospital, uh, the VA, uh, Decaney, they basically told me, look, buddy, if you we realize you missed some court dates over this, but if you go back home, you're just going to drink again. If, you know, we can detox you all, all we want, but if you go back home, you're going to drink again. So they recommended that I go somewhere, and out of all the options I had, uh, I decided on Camp Hope, and there are reasons for that. So we don't need to get into sort of all those reasons, but why did you – how did you even hear about Camp Hope? Well, my younger brother had actually went to Camp Hope some years ago. Right. And um, basically, he had said, you know, it's uh, privately funded, meaning off of donations, and that there was a lot of people there that had gone through the program that had been addicted to some severe substances and came out better. So I was like, well, that's probably where I need to go. I knew I didn't need to go home because I knew if I went home, I'd have that bottle in my mouth again. So you've been here how long? About going on six weeks. Six weeks. Or around six weeks, rather. What is it that you, I mean, you had options, uh, including going home. Oh, that's really not an option, but it was an option you could have done. What was it about Camp Hope that, or what is it you want to get out of Camp Hope? When you're done, when you've gone through the program, completed it, what do you want to be different for you? One thing that Camp Hope will has helped me with, and it also separates Camp Hope from most places, is Camp Hope teaches, both directly and indirectly, a person to take responsibility for their actions. A lot of PTSD programs exist, but I would say this program for sure does the best job of teaching a person to take responsibility, not just saying, oh my gosh, I have PTSD, it's not my fault. Nobody put the beer in your hand, nobody put the vodka in your hand, no one told you to drink and drive, you made that decision. And I think Camp Hope does an excellent job of making that clear because we want to treat people make people the best version they can be, not hardcore victims the rest of their life. Also, Camp Hope, uh, we do peer to what we call peer-to-peer. Um, you also get healed by helping others. You know, I've 
you know, there's a group I have that we go over uh, refrigeration and HVAC work. So when they get out and graduate, they want to go and get in that field. And by helping people, it heals my heart. Brandon, from the mentor side uh, and, and helping guys hear that message, because we were talking about some of that stuff that we hear in the course of the program that maybe make us a little angry when we first hear it, but we know it's true. And maybe that's why it makes us angry, because we know it's true. From the mentor side, as you're dealing with these veterans coming through and hearing that for the first time, hey, this is, you know, Yes, a lot of trauma, a lot of things, a lot of people, a lot of hurt, a lot of loss. But it's your responsibility and how you respond to that. How, how are we helping them through that process? It's um, trust. you got to build a relationship when they first get there. A lot of these guys are isolated. They're out of the military. They've been hurt by other people, and they don't trust. So you build trust with them first before you tell them that. Um, but... Sometimes you challenge them and they're not ready to hear it. So, I don't know. Sometimes I'm the bad guy and that's okay. I don't want to see them die. I've been to too many funerals. I've seen too many of my friends commit suicide. So, sometimes I tell them the hard truth and just risk it. And uh, hopefully they'll hear it and it clicks and they can change their thinking and uh, accept it. Before we run to break, I just want to give you our phone number for a veteran that's in crisis. If you are a veteran, struggling, the thoughts are not good, the path is dark, Uh, the hope is lost, call this number, 877-717-7873. I'll give it to you again, but a combat veteran will answer the phone, 877-717-7873. If it's not a crisis and you just see where you're going, go to our website, ptsdusa.org. You can get information not only about Camp Hope, but the non-residential programs that we offer as well. Uh, ptsdusa.org we'll be right back Welcome back to The Road to Hope. Glad to have you along with us. I want to remind you again, please share, share, share the podcast. Uh, you never know with whom this, uh, this story might intersect and make a positive impact on their life. Cost you nothing. Uh, just hit share. Share it with all your friends, enemies, neighbors, doctors, tax attorneys. Uh, ex-wives. Ex-wives, that's right. And uh Ramon, because he's brilliant and good looking, I remembered this time, it's all free. That's another dollar. See? See? Great looking. Is that a dollar fifty? if it goes <laughs> yes, from sir. good to great? Well, it depends on how you sell it. Oh, great. Yeah, if it absolutely sounds natural. Absolutely. Great. Spectacular would be good. Oh, absolutely. Brilliant. Uh, yes. It's on thick this morning, that, this afternoon, that, boys. That's, that's Ramon. It's yeah. just, it's all good. Uh, welcome back. We are glad to have you along. Got three guys in the studio with us. Hog Army, right? Man, this is kind of an unusual deal. All Army. Yeah. Uh, <gasps> <laughs> there it is. Somebody had to do it. So we, he talked about alcohol. That's something almost universal at Camp Hope. Very much so. 
besides the obvious, it's legal, it's easy access. Uh, what? Why do you think that's the case? Why do you think that's where they're going? Uh, I think it has to do with you know the culture of the military, uh, what we were growing up with, uh, seeing a lot of our grandfathers, uncles, fathers, veterans that were self-medicating with alcohol because it's such availability. Go to Walmart, gas station, and it's right there. It's cheap, and it's an easy way to numb and escape your emotions. I was talking with a fellow civilian this week, uh, and they were talking about their their grandfather uh, was actually a, a general in the army, World War II. So it's like all of a sudden, you know, all these images just kind of conjure up. And, and she's talking about her childhood, and she just remembers he always had this little glass, always, and it was always it was full or getting filled. Yep, uh, all all the time, day long. I know my grandfather, he would Irish up his coffee and uh, always had a little flask that he would take to work. And his little coffee cup always had judge's juice in it, as he called it. So let's take that and let's talk to the family members because this is the question we get a lot. How do I know, right? How do I know there's a problem? How do I know I need to do something? How do I know? When do I know I need to step in? And... Nearly everybody in the world drinks. I mean, it's just kind of a universal thing, so it's not something, well, they drink. Okay, well, that we got it. And, but when we start to see those things accelerate, um, some of the easiest things, I think, to see, Bryn, are, are, are things like alcohol. If they're drinking a lot more, a lot heavier, a lot stronger, uh, the anger outburst, when you see those happen more frequently, more uh, out of control. What else do we see in these veterans when they're not ready to admit that there's a problem? What What else can a family member, and either one of you guys, feel free to chime in, what, what is it that they should be looking for? Like, if this is happening, you need to step in. I would say the isolation and drinking alone, not wanting to be present with anybody they just want to be left to themselves and with the vice of alcohol, uh, just sitting alone, garage, shed, kitchen table, your recliner. If there's no purpose, and that sounds bad, but there's, there's no purpose to be drinking in a social setting and whatnot, and you're just drinking the drink. Uh, that's a good key indicator that a conversation needs to be started. Anything to add to that, Brennan? Yeah, I mean, if they're drinking and they're, you know, waking up in handcuffs, a lot of times it becomes <laughs> That's legal a sign, sure, yeah. Yeah, uh, hiding it from you, lying about it, you know, uh, like he said, isolation. But see, in the beginning, alcohol is a really good solution. It relieves all that. It works really good, and then it doesn't, and it becomes where there's consequences and a lot of a lot of negativity that comes out of it. Um, that's why we got to actually work on both those things when they get to Camp Hope. Because if we don't work on the alcoholism, the PTSD is going to get them. If we work on the PTSD and not the alcoholism. So these dual diagnoses are hard cases, but 95% of our guys have them when they get there because it works so good, you know, to cope in the beginning. Um, Just out of curiosity, really, Richard, did you go, 
I mean, you, you mentioned you were obviously ended up in the VA uh, at your lowest point in time. But had you gone there previously with, hey, I'm struggling with this or that, or did you go get a PTSD diagnosis at some point? Or negative. Okay, I I'll be straight with you. I had the old school mentality of I don't have PTSD. Um, even after I admitted I had an alcohol problem, my attitude was, no, I'll man up and, and fight it. I'll man up and take care of it myself. I'm not going to ask for help. I, there's people out there that need help more than I do. I don't need to take their spot. And that's that was my attitude, and it got me nowhere except relapsing. Um, I think a lot of people my age, I'm 38, we grew up that way. You know, boys don't cry. Boys, you know, don't have feelings, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, it, it stuck with us whether we wanted to admit it or not. And as a result, I had that attitude. I didn't need help, nor did I deserve it. Somebody else turned 38 this week. I remember who it was. I remember somebody on campus, I think, turned 38 this week. I cannot remember who it was. How old are you, Brent? I'm 37. Oh, you're the youngster mm-hmm. in the room. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I'm older than you. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you at on the age spectrum? I'm 39. Oh, so, so we got them covered, 37, 38, 39. We no wonder them. we all speak up real loud. We're all hard <laughs> air. None of us can hear anymore. Yeah, well, for different reasons, but yeah. yes, that's true. Uh, okay, so <clears throat> you, you're learning about personal responsibility. You mentioned that very specifically. Um, again, when you're done, you you're – Tra- training some guys, even talking to some guys now about the refrigeration side of the world. Is that what you want to go back into? Uh, I would like to, most definitely. Um, obviously, I don't know what the future holds, but I would still like to do some kind of volunteer work, uh, helping people get into the business, you know, uh, vocation, vocational training, rehabilitation. And, you know, it's something I feel like I could give back by doing that. Because a lot of people leave, not just Camp Hole, but any kind of institution that does any kind of drug rehab, alcohol rehab, they leave gung-ho, they get right back out there, same friends, same everything, and same financial situation, and they just get right back where they were. And I feel like if I could help people not do that, I could I could die a man saying he did something worthwhile. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the beautiful things that happens on our campus. As guys come in feeling so lost, so hopeless, in such a dark place that there's no, there's nothing to, to look forward to. And we can help them build a new, a new purpose and a new life. Oftentimes more purposeful than anything they'd ever experienced before or ever dared to dream for. And that's a beautiful thing to get to watch. Can't buy that at Walmart. Yes, the Walmart can't. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Can't buy that at Walmart. Amazon doesn't offer it. But we do everything we do absolutely free of charge because we have a great community that understands it takes more than a bumper sticker on the back of your car to support our troops. And we are very, very grateful. Big, big thank you to all of our donors like Molly Gilmore, all of our supporters like Gringos, Corey Diamond and Design down in Friendswood, 
oopssteam.com that we keep on speed dial around our place because we make lots of messes. You probably do at your house too, oopssteam.com. Ramon, thanks for uh, joining us again, and uh, we'll slide, try to slide in the side door again next week and we'll do it be again. Quiet. Yes, sir. More of Road to Hope Radio.